the post and run method. I post on Facebook regularly and then I run. I actually have my news feed blocked, so I don't. S I figured out how to do that. I will tell you if you are an addict like I was. <laughs> I'll tell you my secret. But I don't see anything, so I'm so sorry. I rely on friends to tell me what's going on with people. But for whatever reason, one day I opened up Facebook and I saw Micah's post. Um, and I, I knew who you were. I may have met you. I knew your mom. And it just blew me away. It, it just this testimony of complete transformation uh, and life change. And I was... It was so compelling, and so I asked him if he would be willing to come and share his story, and he said yes. And so uh, we got together the other day, and I'm so excited. And, and you know what, Micah, I, when I look at you, when I think of you, I, I, I think of someone who decided to become unstuck because it was your decision. Yes, God got you. I mean, he sovereignly got you. It was a work of the Holy Spirit, but it was also your, you decided to, you're not going to be stuck, right? And like a lot of us, you had reasons to stay stuck and could have for years. I mean, you're how old? 20. Yeah, so you could, if you wanted to, just stay stuck and live as a Christian in the church the rest of your life stuck, and you decided you're not going to be stuck. And that's what I love about your story. So uh, we're recording, right? This is, um, yeah, we're all good? Okay, so... Micah, um, we're still going to, you're going to read it. Micah is going to read his testimony. It's so well written. And uh, then we're just going to talk. So this is kind of an interview slash might turn into a conversation. We'll see how it goes. And just go ahead and eat that microphone. I'm going to eat it. Can you guys <laughs> hear me? <laughs> cool. All right. So th this is my story. I grew up in a chaotic, broken family. My father was very abusive emotionally towards me, my siblings, and my mother. I grew up thinking anything I did could result in him going into a rage. Due to all the trauma that I grew up with, I developed a lot of mental health problems, including depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, and borderline personality disorder. These mental health problems made the transition from childhood to adulthood even harder than it already is for most people. I have an amazing mother who always brought me to church and always read me the Bible and brought me to, uh, sorry. I have an amazing mother who always brought me to church and raised me in Christ and read me the Bible almost every day. I grew up knowing about God, but wondering why he would let me and my family be hurt like we had. When I was 17, I turned my back on God and even broke ties with my family. I was completely alone. I got into drugs and started drinking alcohol I met girls who I thought would fill the hole in my heart. I was searching for a reason to live, looking for anything to distract myself with so that I didn't have to deal with the pain. After many failed relationships, I finally met a girl who I thought was the one. We had so much in common. At first, everything was going great. We got an apartment together, and every day I fell more in love with her. After more than a year together, however, we started to have major issues. Like I mentioned before, I had borderline personality disorder, and that makes relationships very hard. In my mind, any small inconvenience was the end of the world. I didn't know who I was or what I wanted out of life or even what I liked. All I knew was I wanted this one girl forever. She told me one day that she needed a break from our relationship because she needed me to find myself and she needed to find herself. 
I had attempted suicide many times, both during and before our relationship, which made her feel like she wasn't worth me living for, not to mention how hard it was to deal with my borderline personality disorder. When she told me she needed a break, I felt like my life was over. She was all I was living for. I didn't even know who I was. I certainly wasn't living for myself, so why live if I can't have her, I thought. And then it finally hit me. I couldn't live for myself because then I would have no one to share life with. I couldn't live for her because if she didn't come back, or even if she did, there was a chance I could lose her again. I needed to find something to live for that I couldn't lose. I needed consistency. I needed a firm foundation to build my life on because if I didn't, I would fall into the same pattern and I would hate living. So after a few days crying and begging her to come back to no response, and blaming God for taking her, I finally realized what I had to do. I had to die. Not physically, but I couldn't keep living the way I was. I had to die to myself and build a new life on the only thing that never changes, Jesus. I gave my heart back to him. I gave him my life. I gave him my everything. I dedicated my entire life to him because I had nothing, and I am nothing on my own. But with God, I'm everything. I asked him if he would welcome me back into his family, and I felt an overwhelming calmness and peace settle over me. I asked him to take the pain from my heart, and it was gone, and in its place I felt hope. I felt God telling me that he loved me and that he'd never leave me. I needed a rock to build my life on, and I found D-Rock. I'm an entirely new person, and he's given me a reason to live. Not for drugs or alcohol or girls. He gave me his son. He gave me his only son to die for me, and I thanked him for that. And I knew from then on I would only seek him and his purpose for my life. I wanted to die so that I could escape the pain of life, but instead I died to myself so that I could live for him. And that's my story. Amen. So good. I love the logic you applied because the gospel is very logical. And I love the logic you applied when you realized you, you wanted to live for somebody, and we all do, we all do, we live for someone, and you, you realized the failed logic in living either for yourself or for another human, because you could lose either one. You had attempted suicide, and we'll talk about that, so you realized you could end up losing yourself or you could lose your girlfriend, so you realized the logic in choosing to live for someone that you can never lose. I love it beautiful and that's a god very awesome so i want to start with uh going back to the beginning of your story you said that you were abused and you mentioned emotional abuse um and i just want to say uh th that is so common and prevalent even sadly in the church and abuse is abuse and you're a you're a testimony to this that even emotional abuse is obviously very damaging and so I think it's something the church needs to be on top of. We need to address. We need to look out for those who are abused. And we need to address those who are abusing. And emotional abuse is damaging, just like physical abuse. And so, um, yeah, that emotional abuse. And, and, you know, people think, well, I'm not hitting anybody. But words can literally destroy a person. Right? Did you want to say anything more about that? Or? Yeah, you, yeah. So um, you mentioned that your mom uh, encouraged you to go to church. She read the Bible to you. Um, 
that's a struggle that we parents have, especially as our kids get older. Do we drag their rear ends to church <laughs> at their complaint, or what do we do? And, and I asked you the other day, are you, tell us about, are you glad that your mom sort of made you go to church? She didn't ever, like, physically force me, but she highly encouraged me to go to church, and I'm very, very glad for that because it exposed me at a young age to the truth, and I never probably would have found it on my own, but if she had, like, physically tried to make me go there and made it, like, the rule, it probably wouldn't have really made me want to go to church that much. I have a lot of friends who that does happen to them, and they're required to go to church as a family rule, and they always grow up not wanting to go to church because it was never really their idea. Yeah. But the way that my mom approached it was really amazing. She really just, she kind of took, she homeschooled all of us, first of all. And during our homeschooling classes, she would always have like a devotional time in the morning. And she would just make it a part of daily life and just exemplify Jesus and show that she loved him. And then when the time for church came, she would ask everyone to come and we would all go just because we loved doing it. So she found the balance. Do you, so yeah, I agree that you shouldn't force your kids to go. So she didn't force you. She encouraged you, but you actually went. What, what was it that, I mean, because obviously you could have said, no, I'm not going. What was it that made you say yes and, and actually go? What was it about your mom that you didn't resist? You actually went. I think I mostly just didn't want to disappoint her, honestly. <laughs> She's a really good mom and a blessing. <coughs> so I'm, I'm thinking that I use, you used the word exemplify. You saw her having her quiet time with God. She must have lived the gospel in a way that obviously you res- made you respect her. And so that's why you said yes and you went. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that, that's good. That's so important. Um, so you mentioned suicide. Uh, can you tell us about that? Did you, did you actually attempt suicide? And yeah, um, I like to tell one story in particular where I actually used to have a crossbow. And one day when I was, way before I even met this girl, um, I was a young kid. Um, I just felt like life was completely over and I didn't have anything to live for. I wasn't really going to church and like, there was nothing I was really pushing for at the time, but I took a crossbow to my head, and for some reason, the when I pulled the trigger, the string got caught on my thumb, and even though it was pointed directly at my head, the arrow never hit my head. It hit the wall behind me. It busted my thumb open pretty good, but I'm completely okay, and I believe that was a, a miracle right there. God saved my life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I've never heard of the, that method being used. That's uh, that's amazing. That's all I had, man. <laughs> wow. Was that the only time? No, there's been a lot of times, but that's the one that really stood out and showed that God's hand of protection was always over me, even when I wasn't looking for him. Wow. Wow. So multiple attempts at suicide. You mentioned, um, well, tell us about your dad. You said he was emotionally abusive, and that led to all of this. Um, have you forgiven him, and, t- and what does that look like for you? Yeah, so it took me a very long time, um, but I have forgiven my father. Um, obviously, uh, Jesus says that all sin is equal. He doesn't hold anything above any other sin. To sin, to lie, or to envy something, or to murder someone, he has 
so as bad as my dad was to me as a kid growing up, I didn't have to forgive him because, I mean, Jesus died for him just as much as he died for me. And that doesn't mean he's a big part of my life. I haven't seen him in years, and I don't really intend on letting him back into my life at the moment. But I have forgiven him, and it's really opened up my heart and me going on a lot easier. Because when I was holding all that inside, it would just bottle up, and it would make me think about it all the time. And I just, it was a big burden that I didn't want to take. And when I forgave him, that burden just went completely away. Wow. I, I, it's interesting how you say that you, you, you keep a safe distance now. Yes, you have forgiven him, and that brought you a lot of freedom. But uh, when Jesus said, love your enemies, he, that means love your enemies, which includes forgiveness. But it does not mean to enable your enemy to keep being the, the abuser and, and keep destroying you or someone else. So you can love and forgive someone, but it's healthy and appropriate to maintain a safe distance. Um, because it holds, it helps to hold that person accountable and let them know that it's not okay to keep abusing. So that that's good. I, I love that you found that balance. Um, so you mentioned mental health. Uh, you mentioned social anxiety, uh, PTSD, multiple personality disorder. Um, how how did the Lord deliver you from all of that? Like, wh- how is your mental health? now as compared to before is it a journey is it a process like how how did that all it's definitely a process and i'm definitely still healing but in certain areas um you mentioned social anxiety um i wouldn't be sitting here in front of you guys if i still had social anxiety it's like almost completely healed out of my life as soon as i gave my heart back to jesus the lord just kept opening and for some reason i said yes about sharing it today and I've shared several other times, and he's just been walking me through an amazing journey just healing me in that area. But in a lot of other areas, it is quite a struggle, and it's just like you have to learn and deal with physical and mental things, and it can't all be healed at once, but God is absolutely amazing, and he's doing so much in helping me through that. So it sounds kind of like a rebirth, which is what Christianity is. You were reborn um, but now you're learning to walk, and it, and it is a process. But you've obviously been transformed, um, and I asked you if you were on medication, um, uh, and you, you said no, that it never really worked for you. There was a time where you tried it. never really worked for you. Um, so I wanted to say something about that because we, don't, we would never condemn that. I mean, if you need help, get help. It's, it's better to be on drugs than go do something really bad <laughs> to yourself or someone else. So there's a place for that, and God uses that. But I, I really feel like there's a balance. I've, I've seen the church get so off balance in this area where there's, there's two extreme ways of thinking. And um, I feel like the balance is, for in, I feel like you really found that balance. You realized, okay, it didn't work for me. I tried it. It really wasn't helpful. But God is obviously dealing with that for you. I, he is miraculously healing your mind. And the cross does provide for healing for our mind and bodies. And um, I just love how you have embraced that. And I want to say this. Um, I have found in this area of mental health, um, when I apply the gospel to it, I have found it's easier to preach the gospel on this topic in the world than in the church. 
and I'll tell you what I mean. I can tell somebody in the world who doesn't have any framework for the gospel, I can say, yeah, the gospel is really a total comprehensive package. Jesus' work on the cross can and will, if you let it, heal you mentally and physically and spiritually. It's not just a spiritual rebirth, but the cross really is sufficient for all of our ills. And so while not condemning medication at all, um, the cross really is sufficient, and God can totally heal that. He really can. I get, when I say that to the people in the world, I get intrigue and surprise and interest and tell me more. I have met res with resistance saying that in the church. It's, it's almost as though, well, you know, it's Jesus plus. Like, yeah, you need Jesus with a little extra help. And, and yeah, yes and no, it's very nuanced, but I, I love that God is healing you just sovereignly by his spirit. And I just want to say that as an encouragement, right, that he can. He, he really can. The cross is sufficient. And wherever you are on your journey, if it's mental health, physical healing, wherever you are on your journey, I, I, I want the takeaway to be that there is hope. There is an end. We all have a different speed limit right? We are all in process, but don't be discouraged because I want you to say there is hope. And here's a person who has been transformed radically. Ra I mean, it really was an overnight transformation. Yeah. Um, so what is your, you, you mentioned you, your mom had devotions. Devotions in church speak, if you don't know, means it's your time with God every day that you spend with God. So what does that look like for you now? How did that all change? Um, back then, I was living with her, and so we'd just be probably like a little 15-minute class each morning um, before we started our normal school work. So we would go over a couple Bible verses, do a quick prayer, and that was pretty much it. Um, and I kind of follow sort of the same thing nowadays, um, but I do follow um, like a, not a printout, but there's an app I use that I go through every day um, that's really been helping me because I'm not very well versed in the Bible and it's really hard for me to find the right passages that I should be reading. So when there's those devotionals that kind of point out how to use the Bible in your own personal life, it really helps me. And I just pick a topic every morning that I like and it points me to those words and it really helps. So what's the app that you use? Um, it's called the Bible app. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of a guide to help you get into the word. And then what about your prayer life? How how is that? How has that changed? Um, back when I was first going to church when I was still living with my mom, I kind of felt like prayer was kind of a ritual that you had to do for certain things and it was a requirement and like I'd call it all the rules kind of thing. But as I started to grow up I realized now that Religion, Jesus kind of, I wouldn't say he came to earth to get rid of religion, but he came to earth to prove that we need a personal relationship with him. Um, he didn't even like the Pharisees who were the religious people of the time. He got really upset with them because they were taking all the religious law to the extreme and doing things that weren't godly. He really, he cared a lot more about his personal relationship with the disciples at that point, and I feel like following that in my life has really been helping me. So for my prayer life recently, I've just been treating him like my best friend. 
mm-hmm. and following all the rules or the specific prayers you need to do for this and that. I just, whenever I think to talk to him, I talk to him either out loud in my head. It doesn't really matter to me. Like, I just want a personal relationship with him, and I feel like that's what works for me best is just treating him like my best friend because he really is. Amen. Amen. I like that. And Bible reading is an area that you will grow in as we're all growing in. I think of it as opening the refrigerator. You, you become familiar with what's in there, and you figure out what it is you're hungry for on any given day. And some days, I know I really need the Psalms. You know, other days, I really need the Pauline epistles. And if I don't have a specific felt need that day, I, I follow the Bible calendar read through the Bible because that dis- that is a way to get me into reading scripture that I, w- I wouldn't necessarily gravitate toward. And that's how I, I re- learn the word. So um, that's good. Uh, so you told me about um, life changes you made. So this has affected your prayer life, obviously your devotional life, um, your mental health. It's, it's have a, had a positive impact there. What about um, drug habits? Well, I used to didn't get really heavy into drugs, but I did do quite a few, and um, luckily I've been healed from all of that. Um, it took quite a while, and I had to cut certain people out of my life who didn't like encourage me to do drugs, but being around them made it a lot harder to leave because they themselves were still stuck in that, and it was really hard for me to get away from all that, but if God has been walking me through it and healing me, Was it hard to cut off the friends who were causing you to do drugs? Um, not really, honestly. It was kind of difficult, but I wanted nothing other than God, and so I knew I had to make the decision. Wow. Has he started replacing those friends with people who are supportive? Yeah, he has. And, and how is that? Like, what, it's where? Amazing. I have so many new people in my life that I don't even want to associate with before that um, they've just been helping me. And They've been amazing in my life. People come to go to the Love Church, and they're really great people around me all the time. They help coach me through everything. So I hear you saying you have found your community and your support system in church. Wonderful. Um, I I also like how you said that you stopped smoking cigarettes. Can you share that? Because it wasn't like an instant. For some people it is, but it wasn't like this boom, instantaneous thing. How did God do that for you? So for God... For cigarettes, I was, when I was a lot younger, I smoked uh, quite a bit, but uh, recently it wasn't really a huge struggle for me, but I knew I I had to get that out of my life as well. I didn't want anything to hold me back. It was taking up a lot of money, making me feel groggy, and I felt terrible when I didn't have one. It was just an addiction that I didn't want in my life. I don't want to be addicted to anything. So what I did is every time I felt the need to hit a cigarette, I would just take a sip of my water bottle. And then eventually I just started drinking water instead of smoking cigarettes. So that's how I did it. It took quite a while, but... Right. So again, it's a process. And uh, God works differently with different people. And on that note about cigarettes, and you said you smoked weed, that's what you were were telling me. This is, you know, there's so much grace here in this place and I have friends who rely on marijuana for medicinal purposes and I would I would never condemn that I would just encourage you if if you struggle with any of those or anything similar 
just go to the Lord and say, Lord, how do you look at this for me? For me, how is this affecting my testimony? Because it's going to be different for everyone, right? Everyone has a different reason, different motive, uh, different struggle. And, and so I think for you, you realized it was going to affect your testimony in addition to your health, your physical health. And so I would encourage you to just take that to the Lord and say, how do you look at this and then help me? And he will. He can and he will. Amen. Um, so talk about uh, depression. Obviously, you had to have been very depressed to attempt suicide. Um, how is depression now for you? Basically non-existent. It was so heavy on me before I came back to God. Like I barely even wanted to leave the house. I would quit jobs after working there a month or less just because I didn't want to get out of bed and show up. It didn't matter to me. Nothing mattered to me. I would just cut all ties with all my friends and my family and just be alone. And it was really, really dragging me down. But I just surrendered it to God. And I've been asking him every day to take it away. And it's almost completely gone at this point. It's really been a work in me in that place. Amen. Again, the gospel works. That the gospel works, the cross is sufficient for all of our ills. And I, I really um, pray that that is caught today. Jesus is enough. His finished work on the cross is enough. So um, before we close with an invitation uh, for others to respond, what else, it, it, what else would you like to say? Anything else? It's all you. All you had was um, worshiping here this morning. I just wanted to thank the worship team for being Holy Spirit-led. And the last song that came on really touched me and actually felt God tell me to share a verse with you guys. So I'm going to pull that up. It's actually a couple of verses. It comes from John chapter 15. The song I was talking about is the one that said, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. And for me, um, I really feel like I completely died to myself and I'm a new creation in God. And that song really personally touched me. But it doesn't happen all at once. And this verse, just I want to read it to you and explain it a little bit. It says, John 15, 1, says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. And in my life, God cut off a lot of those branches. Some of them I thought I needed, like those drugs and cigarettes and alcohol and uh, even my ex. Um, he knew that those things were dragging me down, even though I thought they were helping. And he removed things from my life to help my life bear more fruit. It goes on to say in verse 3, You have already been pruned and purified by the messages I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit from it, fruit if it is served from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And I just wanted to share that verse with you because 
he's good when they branch it, even if it takes a long time. He's going to cut things out of your life. Some of them you know you don't need. Some of them you're going to feel like they're, they've always been part of you, but he has a purpose and a plan for you, and he has he's going to work out according to his will. And I just wanted to encourage you guys with that too. Amen. So good. Thank you so much, Micah. Thank you for sharing your story with us today and coming. Let's just give him a round of applause. I'm going to ask if you could stay up here. Um, Mike is going to pray for you, for anyone who wants prayer. If you are here, whoever you are, if you are having any kind of a struggle, God knows it's between you and God. God knows what it is. Um, but if you are struggling and just w want to say yes to God, like Lazarus did, like uh, who came out of the tomb, like Micah did, and uh, you're ready to just become unstuck today and you realize that Jesus is the answer. And, and when Jesus was on the cross, when he was beaten, when he took those lashes, that was your pain he absorbed into himself so that you do not have to carry that pain anymore. That's the power of the cross. He became our substitutionary atonement, we call it. Um, and so he, he died in our place. He, he suffered the ultimate pain of death so that suicide has no place for those who take Jesus personally and what he did for them. And then he rose from the dead. And like Micah did, you too can rise to new life today. So if that is you, I'm just going to ask you to make a bold step, whoever you are, and just come forward, just line up here along the front. And um, Micah's going to pray a prayer over you, over whoever comes forward. So um, he, Micah made the bold step. He, he went forward in his life to God personally. He said yes. And um, sometimes we have to get desperate enough to do something bold and daring uh, because the desperation outweighs the fear, right, of how we're going to look or whatever. So um, just come forward, and uh, Mike is going to pray for you, whoever you are. Somebody's going to be first. <laughs> Amen. Whoever you are, just going to wait. Just just wait. We're just going to give you, yep, you can come sit on the front row. Um, you can stand there. There's plenty of room on the front row. Um, just go ahead and come forward. Maybe, Dave, if you want to dim the lights, um, makes it a little more. There we go. I'm just going to... Um, Colton, can I have some piano? There's still room if you want to come on up. This is how we're going to close today. I think the mic is off. Check. There I'm we go. Gonna... <laughs> Dear Lord, I thank you for this entire congregation and all their families, even the ones that aren't here. I praise you for bringing here today. Um, I thank you for everyone who boldly came forward, and I pray that you would really work in their lives and completely turn them around and prune their branches and take away the things that aren't bearing fruit in their lives. Even if to them it seems like 
they're losing things and things are getting worse for them, you have an amazing, amazing plan for every single person in this building and everyone on earth for that matter. Your, your purpose for everyone is so much greater than we can even comprehend. And I thank you for that. Please use these people for your will, God. Please work in their lives in mysterious ways like you did with me. You do crazy things that we can't even comprehend, and it all works out in the end, as long as we give our faith to you. And I thank you for giving these people who came forward the faith to stand up and walk in front of the rest of the congregation and stand out, because you'll reward them for that, and you'll really, really do amazing things. Even if at first it doesn't seem like it, everything you do has a purpose, God, and I thank you for that. And for everyone else who didn't come forward, I thank you for them as well, and I pray that you would use their lives as well. I pray that you would do awesome things in their lives, prune their branches as well, and just work in them, God. I ask that you would make everyone hungry for you, that they wouldn't just come to church on Sundays as a routine. They would come to church and come to church events and just always be in your word because they love you and they want more of you and they're searching for something and you are that something, God. Thank you for everything you've done in my life and I praise you for everything you're going to do. I love you, Laura. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just wonder um, one more thing. If I'm going to take a bold step. I'm going to put my daughters on the spot, Ruth and Rebecca. They just came back from Mexico where they were involved in a lot of personal ministry, praying for people. I just wonder if you girls would be willing to come up and maybe with Micah um, minister personally to those who came forward. Um, just spend another minute. Uh, just wherever you are as these are getting prayer, um, maybe we can spend another minute or two just settling accounts ourselves before God from our seats, making a fresh commitment today. Maybe you didn't come forward, but you still need to make a fresh commitment to the Lord. Now's the time to do that. <clears throat> 